This is Hugh Douglas from 9290 Game, and you listen to MTMD Sports. I'm coming in. This is Dan Elgin. You listen to MTMD Sports. Keep it locked. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports. Geek to be joined today by my boy, Mike Sarge. Yo, so, so much stuff was happening in the NFL. Um, I saw Mike on, on Twitter and he was like, yo, we gotta, we gotta talk about this. And immediately I'm like, yo, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, go ahead and bring uh-huh. on my boy. Um, the artist, um, the, the YouTuber, right? You gotta, gotta check out his YouTube page. I definitely want to give him a chance sure. to plug that today, right? Um, the, the guy who uh-huh. helps everybody out, our new artist, if you need somebody to talk, you need to look at somebody and talk to somebody about the stuff that you're facing as you become a new artist. He has his awesome YouTube page to help you out with that kind of stuff. Share his experiences and his, and his expertise, right, as he's climbing up the charts and doing his thing musically. But also, every now and again, we love, I love to get in and just chat with my boy Mike about, um, about football, basketball, sports, just hands down. Mike, how you doing today, bro? Doing good, man. Doing good. I'm excited to be on. Awesome, bro. Yo, um, man, so much stuff is happening with free agency. What caught your eye that made you go, yo, this is crazy? The, the biggest thing, uh, the biggest thing to me has got to be the, the DeAndre Hopkins deal, the Texans, the Houston Texans, man. Uh, it, it, it's, okay, so it's, it caught my attention not because a receiver got moved, um, because we, we see that a lot, especially in free agency. Um, you know, receivers, they, they, people say that's kind of like the glamour uh, position where people want to get paid and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, no problem. And sometimes, you know, teams don't want to pay them, and they're like, well, we'll just draft a rookie or something um, and, and pay them less. So I'm like, all right, cool. It was the fact that not only did you trade a top three, I'm saying top three receiver in the NFL, away from your possible franchise, no, the Deshaun Watson is a franchise quarterback. You traded him away from your new franchise quarterback. Um, you didn't even get a first-round pick for him. Like, that, that's that's my biggest thing. You didn't get a first-round pick for him. And then what you got in exchange was another high-priced running back. And Houston's done this before in the past. I don't know why they keep doing this. Uh, <laughs> I did that with uh, Adrian Foster, I believe it was. Uh, they made trades for, um, there was another running back recently. Who was the last one they just had? It's escaping me. I don't know why it's escaping me just now. Um, but there have been two running backs, like, recently that they traded for. And I'm thinking, Lamar why Miller. Why do they keep going? Lamar Miller. There, there you go. Thank you. And then Carlos Hyde, they, they got as well. That's, that's the other name. Um, and I'm just trying to figure out what are they trying to do? Why do they keep going for running backs? And you just, it's one thing if you traded DeAndre Hopkins and then got back Saquon Barkley, or you got back Zeke Elliott, or you got back Christian McCaffrey. It's not that David Johnson isn't a, a, a bad running back. I, I wouldn't say that at all. It's just what did you really gain from trading away that type of receiver in a division where now, you know, Jacksonville's basically restarting all over again, but the Colts, they're not going anywhere. They're they're not they're not going anywhere. So in my mind, I'm like, you still there's no guarantees you're going to win your division. Uh, so 
I, I don't know. That one, that one caught me off guard the most. I'd have to say that. Um, I know a lot of people are talking about the Brady, um, Stefan Diggs. That was that was wild. The Bills just got a whole lot better. Um, and no one's talking enough about the Ravens and their deals. They, they got Calais mm. Campbell. Yes, yes. Look, talk, okay, let's dive in, in there for one second. How do you think the addition of Calais Campbell um, changes the landscape for the AFC um, North? Because now you talk about the Ravens, who already had a pretty good defense. Now they're adding a dominant interior presence um, in Calais Campbell. How does that impact the, the you know what we'll see next season? Are, are we seeing them return to dominance? With no problem, man. Man, it, it seems like it. it, it man, it, it seemed like because for me, especially this past year, I felt like the Ravens were going to go as far as Lamar Jackson's progression, right? And he proved that. Like that, there's, there's no question that that man is is he wants to be a thrower of the football, but he's going to gas you with his legs. So at that point, it's all right. So what are we building around him? Okay. Um, they, they drafted uh, Hollywood Brown, which was a really good pickup for them. Uh, Mark Ingram, just a really, really good combination. And then they added also Earl Thomas last year, which I was like, okay, they, they, they're getting serious. But Calais Campbell, what, you got Calais Campbell on that front line with a safety behind you that is as good of a playmaking safety as, as we have. I mean, healthy. Uh, Earl Thomas is a really, really good safety, so uh, that is only going to add to the pressure. Um, now, as far as your question, as far as like how the AFC is going to shape up, as far as I'm concerned, they're the two teams that have are the biggest threat in the AFC. Obviously, you got Mahomes uh, in the Chiefs, and then to me is the Ravens with the departure of Brady. Um, and then when you go below that, you got some teams that are. Could be dangerous, but you got to see the the pieces come together. So to me, I, I, it's the Bills. That's a tough team. The Browns, they need to get it together. Uh, we got to see what they're going to come up with. Um, and then we're not sure who the Chargers are going to have at quarterback because they still have a solid team. It's just we don't know what that quarterback position will look like. Um, and then you still have question marks. You're going to have question marks about the Steelers just because is Big Ben going to be healthy? Those are facts. So we wake up this morning to news that Tom Brady is no longer going to be in um, in New England. That's that he put that out this morning. Um, a goodbye, a hearty goodbye to New England. Um, and so he is going to test the waters. Still, I'm hearing rumors about Tampa. I'm hearing rumors about L.A. No, no, nobody knows exactly where he's headed so far. Right? All right, cool. Um, so now on top of that. The other thing that we have is Cam Newton, who's also being shown the door um, in Carolina, no matter how they put it, right? That's kind of how he came at it. No matter how they put it, they're saying they've gave, gave him, given him permission to seek a trade. He said, I never asked for that permission, right? So so they're showing him the door and signing Teddy Bridgewater to go along with offensive coordinator Joe Brady. Now, we look at that situation. We have the changing of the guard definitely um, in AFC, right? But we also have an unknown place for cam newton man how does cam newton's situation impact the nfl in total where could he possibly go man that's 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 tough um i think for most of last year i was saying the place that i would like to see him in yes. was chicago um yes I, I said i said chicago because that's a place where yes they have a quarterback but that's not a that's not a confirmed spot like if 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 
uh, Mitchell Trubisky got replaced today. I don't think anyone's, you know, losing their mind over it. Uh, so, so um, especially with Cam Newton um, and the way that that team is built, you have a bunch of tough guys on that team. Uh, you have a bunch of guys that, that want to win. They're gritty. Uh, they have a really good defense, a really good defense. And so if you add a Cam Newton to that team, uh, which, by the way, Chicago also signed Jim, uh, Jimmy Graham at tight end. Yes, they did. So I, I think that if you basically you just – if you give Cam Newton that type of security blanket who already wants to he's – a, he's a catcher. You know, that, that he's a type of tight end that catches the football. I think, uh, I think that helps. Uh, but to me, I think Chicago is the best spot. And um, if we're honest, though, there aren't a lot of slots this year for quarterbacks, um, especially considering, like, the signings right now. So Kirk Cousins, Cousins got re-signed. Uh, Philip Rivers went to the Colts. So, like, what we're really saying is what, what slots are available? Well, the Buccaneers job, the Chicago job, um, the Ch- Chargers. Honestly, there are not too many. There are not too many slots, and that's we're not even talking about the fact that Tom Brady is going to take a slot. He's going to yes. take so many slots. So. Yeah. So um, I, I think for Cam, that might be the best situation, unless he goes to a situation where he might have to be a backup for a year. Could you possibly um, see him in, in Miami um, taking over for Ryan um, Fitzpatrick, or could you possibly see him? Um, I mean, I can possibly see him with the Chargers. How would you feel about that move for him? The Chargers? You know what? If he went to the Chargers, I would. I think that would be closer to what he had the year they went to the Super Bowl. Um, as far as team makeup, they had a good defense, a solid defense, um, and then he definitely had weapons. So I think the Chargers have better weapons than he had that year, uh, to be completely honest with you. But I think that's also dependent on whether or not Velvet Gordon stays. Yes. And that's that's the part where I think it's it's a big chance that Brady ends up in, in Tampa because I because Tampa has a lot of cap space and uh Melvin Gordon wants to get paid. He, he wants to get paid and why not go to Tampa where there's no competition really. You're gonna be the guy. Um Mike Evans already on the outside, he's already been paid and they have an underrated defense. And if we're honest, like, I know you're a Saints fan, I'm a Falcons fan, but there's a new winner in that division every year. So, if you're... Except for the last few years, that's been all Saints. Well, it has been. It has been over the past, what, two? Yes. Two, two, yeah, so the past two, it's it's been all Saints. So, if you're Tom Brady and you're Melvin Gordon, why wouldn't you think, hey, we could could win out this division? Mm. Um, So, um, I don't know, man. Like, I think think those are good places. I, I think, now... The, the part you mentioned about Miami and Cam, the only thing that has me hesitate, I like it for Cam, the only thing that has me hesitate is, one, they just spent a bunch of money in free agency. Uh, they just paid Byron Jones, the corner from Dallas, all that money. Yeah, they did. And, and they're going to have a top pick, and I would not be surprised if they drafted. Like, it would be smart for them to draft a guy like Tua. Yes. Um, so... What I would do if I'm Miami, I would try to get Tua and Cam. And I say that because if you, that means you can start Cam, see where his health's at, while letting Tua grow and making sure he's healthy, 100% healthy. But because you know of Cam's injury history and the way he's been used, if he does go down, you have a backup plan. 
Um, so that, that's the way I think about it. But I, I actually like that. Miami's actually a, a nice, that'd be a nice little pick. But Miami's, they're high enough in the draft to where they can grab a quarterback. Yeah, I can see them. They have three picks in the first round. I love the fact that um, they would think about if they could take a tour, put him away for a year, use a Cam Newton who's on. I mean, definitely, Cam Newton's going to be on a warpath. Like, and, and he never really needed a ton of weapons around him. However, if you kind of can give him some weapons, that'll be great. I, if he goes to a Chargers team, which which I'm hearing, um, I'm seeing kind of different reports. I just saw something tweeted out by um, by Rappaport, basically saying that um, this now takes away um, the Chargers as a possible landing spot. So I don't know what he tweeted out. I need to go back, go look at that. But if if something has taken away the Chargers as a landing spot, um, then then Tampa Bay would be it. It would be Tampa Bay and, and nobody else. And so um, earlier today, Colin Cowherd. Um, basically said that he's hearing um, that Tom Brady will pick on Tampa, and he said that that's the move. He said it wasn't from a football source, but it was from somebody who knows Tom Brady, and that was possibly the play. If that's the play for Tom Brady, if that's where he's headed, then, you know, that's going to change a lot, man. It'll change a lot for us because that's the NFC South. Now we're looking at Teddy Bridgewater, um, Drew Brees. You got Matt Ryan and Tom Brady uh-huh. in the division? Dude, let me ask you this. If Tom Brady does decide to go to Tampa Bay, how does that impact the NFC South? And how does that impact your fear about winning the NFC South again as a Falcons fan? I think I think it affects the NFC South, but only from the standpoint of we'll find out how much pull Tom Brady's legacy has. Mm. Um it, it because one, if I'm a free agent, I see two positives. I see wait, the, like Tom Brady's going to Tampa. I see that. I see wait, it's in Tampa, Florida, so it's a nice place to live as well. And then I'm also looking at the fact that they have cap space. They're not paying nobody ridiculous amount of money. They're not paying James Winston. They're like who? Are they? They're only really paying Mike Evans. Um, Gerald McCoy left to go to Carolina, so it, it's not like. It's not like they're paying anyone crazy. Now, I honestly want to see if that is the case. If Brady does go to Tampa, I want to see what his deal is going to look like. Mm. Um, I'm hearing I, it may be thirty million, thirty million a year. Which um, Breeze just got twenty five times. Always been um, very good to his teams as far as well. Very good to New England as far as letting them slide with not paying him as much. But this time, I feel like he's going to get a little bit of money, and I'm thinking thirty million is the is the figure there. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Mm. See, this is this is tough, man. Like, so as far as where I think the Buccaneers will be, so. They have weapons. Um, they got Mike Evans. They have OJ Howard at tight end, who's a, who's a, he's a stud. Um, yeah. They need they need to figure out the running back situation. Um, the and the biggest the biggest detriment for them is their O line and their linebackers. So, for me, when I think about the rest of the teams in the NFC South. They can get away with their offensive line not being the greatest, only because really the only the only team with a I'd say a a, real, a good like above average pass rush would be you guys would be the Saints. Yeah. Um. So I think they could get away with it. The linebacker part though, 
they're not going to be able to get away with because every team in the NFC South has receivers and, uh, and a good tight end. Um, yeah. So that's that's the part where they're going to need to address that. Uh, but outside of that, I think the Bucks could put up a fight. Uh, I know a lot of people, unless they're fans of the teams in the NFC South, they don't watch a lot of NFC South games. But the Buccaneers have always put up good fights, like always. Um, they it's have. not like, oh, it's not like, oh, that's an automatic dub. It's like, you, you like to think it's an automatic dub. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, 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 you know, that, that, but it's not the case. The Bucks always put up a good fight. So now you're telling me that, that Coach uh, Arians is going to have Tom Brady? Oh, no. Yeah, that, that's that's different. That's a different that's a different uh, formula. So I think the NFC South is going to be harder than what it has been in the past. Um Ooh, that's that's tough. I don't know, but I don't think I would make the Bucks the favorite though. I, I would I would still I would still I would still take a, a Drew Brees Saints team. Honestly, even with Atlanta's changes right now, I would still take them just off, off just based off of they know what's gonna happen in the division. Yeah. Uh generally. Um the only thing I can't say is I have not looked at the NFL schedule for this year as far as what other divisions they're gonna play. Um, the schedule hasn't been released, I don't think. So I think they're still kind of holding that. Okay. So mm. so I don't know what it'll look like. Um, at least the actual schedule. I don't know what it'll look like. Um, I do know they'll play twice. Um, and and you know some some Saints fans are actually a little bit excited about the possibility of Drew Brees going up against a Tom Brady because it's basically like um they want to see. They want to see him match up. They want to. They think, okay, New Orleans, we're like Drew Brees is the goat. Uh, across the world, Tom Brady's the goat. So they want to see um, them face off twice, and they want to see what's the win loss record at the end of the day. That's kind of that's kind of what some people. That's actually what some podcasters I'm already hearing are talking about. If he, if Tampa Bay is the move for him. But I'm te- I'm telling you like this, they're gonna be pleasantly surprised. Ronald Jones Jones had a pretty good year last year. Ronald Jones is their running back. He had a pretty decent year. You told me already, and I'm thinking about this as well. What happens when we start talking about um you know that influence? Because maybe a Julian Edelman comes on along with Mike Evans and Goodwin, right? So what if that's the case? What if Melvin Gordon is also you know what like hey what's going on on the way? I want to see what's popping. Maybe Melvin Gordon joins Tom Brady now, and we're talking about him already having a, a good tight end. We have two good tight ends already, right? And so. So now we're saying, mm-hmm. remember last year, Brady with no weapons? Now we're talking about Brady, Arians with weapons. Bro, that could be scary. And people are not really, yes. I, I don't I don't feel like people in New Orleans, New Orleans are really thinking about fearing that Buccaneers uniform. I think they're, they're looking through, they're looking at Tom Brady and the possible talent through the lens of um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? And, and how historically right. they've been. Man, talent changes things, and I don't know if everybody's taking that into consideration. Mm, no, no, absolutely. Like that—that's why, like, I wanted to mention that because I'm like, it's—it's it's not just you know, okay, this this star player or this icon type player is leaving. It's what effect are they going to have on the rest of the NFL of people that are free agents, and that's that's super key. I mean, and I'm glad you said it, like. Those type of weapons, and maybe, hey, maybe, you know, Edelman leaves, or maybe, because not only is this draft heavy with receivers, but receivers get released all the time. Yes. Um, 
they get released, and then we're talking like good receivers. Um, and 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 sometimes, well, Tom Brady's proven he just needs guys that want to play their role. Um, and so I think you can always get a good veteran receiver. Matter of fact, like we we talked about DeAndre Hopkins earlier, but Randall Cobb left the Cowboys to take a three year deal on the Texans. Yeah. And I'm going to throw something else out there that nobody's paying attention to. And I'm going to say it right here so everybody knows about it once this is done. Antonio Brown and Tom Brady have been talking a ton. And they've been going back and forth on Twitter. Now, imagine a, a receiving core with Evans, Goodwin, and Antonio Brown. That'll make no sense. That'll make no sense. Now, that's scary. Yeah, with with a tight end that can catch like OJ absolutely, Howard. oh absolutely, like like that's 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 insane. I mean, it, but I will say this: it, it does make football exciting again. I, I will say that. Um, it, but I, I'm I'm noticing something though, and, and I'm I'm starting to think about it with with Brady possibly going to Tampa. It feels like the past five years has felt like. The NFC had the the rising quarterbacks, the young quarterbacks that were going to storm the league. But now, the past two years, it's felt flipped. It's felt like the AFC quarterbacks are now going to run the NFL again. Um, it, it, it's it's wild. Uh, it's it, it's wild, man. Because you got Patrick Mahomes, who's supposed to be what the new Aaron Rodgers. You got a Lamar Jackson out here. I think people are going to sleep on Josh Allen and the Bills. Um, I think they're going to completely get slept on. Um, and they shouldn't because now with Brady leaving the Patriots, let's say Belichick doesn't get the quarterback that he wants this year. Um, I'd probably take the Bills to come out of that division. I, I just, just If we're just saying based off the team, uh, I, would, I would probably say the Bills. Now, I'd probably gamble on the fact that I'd still go with Belichick because he's going to get the pieces that he needs. I just don't know if they have the draft picks because of that Garoppolo trade, and I don't know if they have the cap to go get anyone. Um, we Like we mentioned, the effect Brady has on free agents coming to another team. Okay, well, what effect do does him leaving now have on the Patriots and them being able to get free agents? Those are facts. And so I'm looking at... I'm looking at um, the the NFC South, and that could drastically change. Um, the AFC is going to draft the AFC. I think it is the AFC South with the Indianapolis Colts and the Texans. Um, I think that drastically changes the Tennessee Titans. That drastically changes the Titans. Are, you know, are basically like the class now. Um, but because now nobody knows what's happening with Houston. Um, I mean, you can't replace a DeAndre Hopkins with a Randall Cobb and think everything's cool. Um, and and David Johnson hasn't been the real David, hasn't been the David Johnson people fear since what 2018. So probably. And so we're not we're not as concerned um, about a David Johnson and um, you know definitely Carlos Hyde had a really good year last year. The running back court does look better. They have a bunch of little receivers who get hurt a lot. So. Um, it, it, it's going to be tough to scare anybody um, with with that Houston Texans team. Um, on top of that, now you talk about what's happening with the Colts. They now have Phillip Rivers, and that's going to be different. So there's so much stuff going on, bro. It's like, I mean, it, it's it's almost insane. It's almost too hard to keep up with and catch up with. There's still some pieces left. 
there's still some pieces out there and some things, some questions left to be answered. Of the questions that are still out there, we talked about Cam Newton. We talked about Tom Brady and where he, where he's actually going. Um, we talked about the you know possibility of new quarterbacks being in Chicago and Miami. Um, you think about the draft and the draft is still looming. What about the draft excites you right now based on what we're seeing in free agency? Man, um, the thing that I'd probably say that excites me the most is that I feel like this year more than any other year, coaches that are in the position of being a coach and the GMs won't have excuses this year. Like, none. Like, no excuses. Like, if, if your quarterback has not had weapons, hey, you can get weapons in this draft. At, at especially the skill positions like running back, receiver, tight end, like you can get those. If you need to share up your offensive line, you can do that in this draft, which is what I expect honestly the, the Cardinals to do now that they got the receiver taken care of. Um, so now that they got receivers, look, you got your you you drafted a quarterback last year. All right, now focus on my offensive line. Um, let's see. I, I think maybe I'm most excited probably about the receiver, the receivers in this draft. I mean, you got what, CD Lamb. You got Judy. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's another guy I forget about right now. Like Leviscus Chenault. You got Henry Ruggs. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you talking, you talking a bunch of guys out there, man. Um, T Higgins is out there. It's, Higgins, it's a lot. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. And we're not even talking about guys who nobody's really talking about. You know what I mean? So there's there's still right. stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And and what's interesting about it, um, about this draft is it, it seems like. It seems like people can make safe gambles for this draft as well. Um, so I'm a um, I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan, and Jake Fromm is in this draft. He is. And so when a lot of people were talking about okay, needing quarterbacks, needing to backfill, I think guys like him that have good resumes, but maybe they're not you know the superstar talent or whatever. He's, he's going to have a lot of options. For example, um, teams that have older quarterbacks and they need to start thinking about the future, Jake Fromm is the type of quarterback that you can draft. Or even if you're – so we're talking about teams like Pittsburgh, uh, Phillip Rivers is on a one-year deal. Like these teams that are older, uh, obviously now with um, Drew, Drew Brees re-signing up, you got Matt Ryan, he's getting older, Aaron Rodgers getting older, Matt Stafford getting older. Like you have all these quarterbacks getting older. you got to start thinking about the future – Jake Fromm's a nice piece. Or if you're Bill Belichick and you're like, you know what? If I want to prove to the world I'm I'm the best guy out here, let me just take a rookie quarterback and let me show y'all something. Mm. Like, and we know he's got that type of ego. We know he has that type of ego. He will he will make a move like that. Um, so now is is Jake Fromm like a Tua um, or you know a Joe Burrow? No, he's he's not that guy. But I, I like this draft because there are gym players like him in there that people may have forgot about because they're not like a flashy name and they're going to, they're going to do big things in the draft. Um, Oh, I mentioned Georgia, Deandre Swift, that running back. Yes. Yes. Swift. Like that's, that, that's, that's a name. No, but I have not seen any analysts talking about that guy. That oh, people, people are definitely going- talking about Swift and they're talking about him as the number one running back this year because he he's the running back with, a lot of athleticism. They're not talking about him in regards of Christian McCaffrey, or they're not talking about him like right. they were talking about, um, you know, 
running back to the past. You know what I mean? Like they're not they're not right. talking about him Saquon. like that or like uh yeah they're not talking about him like Saquon. They're not talking about him um like any of those guys that you draft like Zeke. Remember Zeke? He was going at least in the top five, and everybody knew that. So they're talking about Swift more so you know in and the middle of the first round or the latter half of the first round. That they're saying they're those type of talents, but there's guys like J.K. Dobbins who I honestly believe is or should be, you know, a first-round consideration, early even. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that 100%. Like, you can look at him and tell, like, he's NFL, like, he's an NFL-ready uh, type type dude. Like, I'm just like, wow. There are going to be dudes that are definitely going to get slept on uh, in this draft, but there are going to be a lot of good gems in this draft. So I'm excited. Um I was going to ask you: Is there anyone in this? Is there anyone in this draft that might be getting a lot of hype that you're not sold on? Okay, yeah. Um, there's a few different guys who I'm not really sold on. Um, but let me see. If I think about a guy who's in here that I'm not sold on, um, I, I I'm going to mention him, and and I know you just mentioned him, but from I'm not sold on at all. Um, That's fair. I'm not, I'm not sold on Fromm because I, I feel like his lack of arm strength is really going to show. It showed at the combine, and I think you know when it's time for him to be in a particular system. Now they're gonna have to, they're gonna almost have to put a a system in place around him. Like there's the same system in place around a forty something year old quarterback in Drew Brees, where Drew Brees lacks arm strength right now, and it shows. Um, and it doesn't really show up until you see him, you know, leave the game and then somebody replaces him like a Teddy Bridgewater. And then you see, oh, there's a difference in arm strength here and there's a difference in what the offense can do. Um, but when the offense is running straight through Drew Brees, right, and it's not running through Taysom Hill or through Teddy Bridgewater, then what you see is a straight up, very clear um, short to intermediate passing routes, right? So somebody's going deep, but they're you can almost ignore them. They're just going deep to clear out. The the targets are being um are are you know almost eighty percent but you know underneath. And so those are the type of routes and most routes aren't even go routes. Even if they do go deep, they're not go routes. Um they're more so deep crosses. Right? And so that's the type of offense that's in place for Drew Brees right now based on his arm strength. I feel like you have to start off with that type of offense with Jake Fromm. And and that may be me w- just watching him arm strength-wise and seeing what he's doing, but I feel like you have to kind of start off with that type of offense with the Jake Fromm. If you do start off with a timing offense, more so based on timing and intelligence, I think you get a lot out of a, a Jake Fromm. I feel like you do. Right. Um, a lot of people are, are calling him Andy Dalton. But honestly, I, they are. Um, and those are, those are analysts. Mel Kuyper is even calling him <laughs> Andy Dalton. Um, but for, for me... I'm feeling a lot like um, I like Andy Dalton. And when he had A.J. Green and it was early in his career, he was very impressive. I feel like Jake Fromm could be impressive as well. Right. I think I think that's semi-disrespectful to Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton has an arm. He does have an arm. He does have like, an arm. <laughs> he does? Like, it, ain't like, it ain't like he can't throw. That, that was never the issue. The reason why people don't see you know him in a – in a great light is well, one obviously because of health, but two because he's playing for the Bengals. Like that, that you know that that has a lot more to do. No, Andy Dalton can throw the football. Now consistency that that's a whole other issue. But like Jake Fromm, 
Jake Fromm was perfect for what Georgia did because you already know if you're going to the University of Georgia, they're going to run the football. They're going to run the football, and you just have to be smart and not turn the football over. So I, I agree with you as far as like you know the, the way that deep the deep ball is thrown in the NFL is completely different. There are many Georgia games where I saw an open receiver like a deep throw, and Jake struggled to hit him like all the time. Um, where the receiver had to slow down to catch the ball, but then they didn't get the touchdown because the corner caught up with them. So I'm like, man, we got we got to hit those. Um, no, I, I agree with you with, with Jake. For honestly, man, for me, I, I'm not sold on Chase Young, man. Okay, I'm, I'm, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm Look, not. I'm, I, I'm, <sighs> I got. I got. I got more names for you, and I love the fact that you bring up Chase Young. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't completely sold on a Chase Young because. I saw him towards the latter half of the year after, you know, that, that I guess, one-game suspension or so. And when I saw him come in, I didn't quite see um, – I mean, I had already saw a lot of the burst before then. He just seems like a guy who runs hot and cold. But the the reason people are so sold on him is, well, his hot is really hot. Do you know what I mean? Like – yeah, I don't know if you were around uh, when Jadeveon Curse was around, right? And and he was yeah. the freak, mm-hmm. and everybody was talking about you know the way he came off the edge, and he looked incredible. He was almost very, he was hard to stop. His body type was a little bit different. This guy is a this guy's a monster. He's a monster. Plus he's fast. And so when I'm looking at when I'm looking at Chase Young, I I did doubt him at first. I doubted Chase at first. Um, and I, I doubt him towards the end of the season. But when you go back and you look at him early on in last season, bro, he's so dominant at times, it's hard to deny. It's it's really hard to deny. And, yes, he disappeared towards the end, of course, right? Um, but I think he probably just hit a wall, and maybe he just started protecting himself. But, you know, because, you know, towards the end of the year, he didn't want a situation um, like you, you see with um, – remember Jalen from, um, from the Cowboys? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Smith? Yeah. Remember, um, he was going toward the end of the year. He was dominant. And then right at the end of the year, he gets really hurt. And it kind of, you know, pulls his, his career, uh, takes a small step back. I feel like maybe Chase was defending himself. And maybe he wasn't giving you his full thing. Um, but um, but I feel like Chase, without any, um, you know, without any hesitance, is a beast. He's a beast. And and if he really leans into his Ohio State family, he's gonna be great. My my only concern with him is uh is is that motor. Because okay. it, like if he if he had the opportunity to go to a situation let's say okay, let's say we know that's not gonna happen. But let's say like he went to a situation uh like the Baltimore, right? Where Ooh, yeah, yeah. you got when you got vets around you and they gonna teach you like, hey, you know, to survive in this league, hey, it don't matter how talented you are because everybody's talented here. Mm. You gotta work. Like, and I, and what I, my worry is is that he's gonna end up going to let's see what is it the Redskins with the number one pick? No, um, so um, right now the Bengals have the number one pick, and and he's being mocked to Washington at number two. Okay, okay, gotcha. Oh, that's right, because Joe Burrow is projected to go to Cincinnati. That's right. Yeah. Um. So. My only worry with it with with the Redskins is like I do like that Coach Rivera is there because I, I know he's gonna he's gonna be on them, but it's the culture of Washington that I'm concerned about. 
Um, and, and especially being a, a rookie, like staying motivated and not just going, well, I'm here, I'm paid, I'm, I'm secure, you know, I'm straight. Like, that's a concern for me. Uh, him tailing off at the end of the year was a concern for me, mainly because when you come off a suspension and you really love your sport, like we've seen dudes get suspended or hurt, and then the first game back, they're like, yo, I'm finally back. Let's let's do it. You Monsters. Know? Monsters um, even. You're right. Right. And we see that. We see that like, hey, I have a passion. Like, I'm trying to prove that I'm still that best dude. And what ended up happening is I feel like maybe while he was sitting, it was like, wait, I'm probably going to be like a top five pick in the draft. Maybe I should, maybe I should back off, you know? And, uh, and which we, which we understand, like when you're in that position, uh, it's such a low percentage of people that make any professional sport. So I understand that part. Yeah. Um, but what, but when I think you're going to take a defensive in at top two, then that, that, that guy better be Khalil Mack. Like he, he, and, and, and that's, that's what we're saying. Like, if you're going to take a defensive end that early, you're saying this person is going to dominate no matter where we put them. Now he's six, what, five, about two, 260, I think they said 260, 265 around in there. So he's good edge rusher size. My question is, um, we mentioned Clowney earlier. Was he successful just off pure athleticism? So or it, it is it going? Is it going to take him a couple of years, like it took Clowney, to kind right. of get used to the NFL style? Right. I see. He's six five, two hundred and sixty four pounds, according to CBS. Um, and I mean, you're right. He could he could take a little bit of time to find his niche. And even still, Clowney's not like a pass rushing specialist. Like he's good in the pass rush, but he's more so good at running chase, right? Like he he chases people down. He's good in the run game. He's great in the run game. All pro even, right? Um, so Chase Chase Young could be that type of guy, but what he's shown me so far is just his ability to get after the quarterback, right? Um, and 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 to your point, here, here's the thing though. Now Chase Young could have done what Nick Bosa did. Nick Bosa got hurt, and if you remember, he left. He left college and waited for the NFL draft. And then when he came in, he came in hot and and basically led that defense to the Super Bowl. Now we're talking about Chase, who, you know, I know he talks to, to, to Nick, right? I know he kind of saw it. He's like, oh, maybe I should fall back a little bit, and maybe I should preserve myself because this is cool, and I love this, but, I mean, chances are we're not going all the way. You know what I mean? Right. And ch- right. chances are, you know, I can't, I can't completely leave because right now that'll be way too much press if he just decided to just leave. But maybe he decided to fall back a little bit. Um, Nick Bosa just left completely. And so, um, do do you you know do you see where I'm coming from with that? Like, do you give? Oh, oh no, I do. I do. Uh, well, did I, honestly, it makes me kind of question. Um, it makes me kind of question how they individually felt about their team as a whole. Like, think about it. Like, Chase came back and played, and their team was one win away from going to the national championship. Right. Um, but Nick Bosa chose to go, eh, I'm good. So <laughs> it, it kind of makes, makes me wonder, because Ohio State is always, like, a top team, like a top-ten team every year. So it, it makes me wonder, like, was – was it all about business for Nick Bosa, or was it half business, half 
I don't believe in you guys. Right. Right. Like, I, I kind of wonder. Like, as an athlete, you think about that. You're honest about about it. Um, me, I probably would have gone closer to the Chase Young route. That's me personally because I'm just I'm too competitive. Yeah. Um, and so I, I would have said, all right, you know, I'm going I'm to take my chance. Because um, the, the truth is, these guys, if they get hurt, uh, they're still going to get drafted. Like that's the truth. Now, are they going to drop in their draft status? Okay, yes, depending on your injury, absolutely. Um, but I feel like you really dropped, though, man. Tua, Tua should be, in most people's estimations, Tua should be number one. And now he's not even you know, being that's considered. Fair. That's fair. And, but to me, like, the, the NFL is always tricky like this. And the fact that, like, um, sometimes you don't even have to get hurt for your stock to drop. Like, so you mentioned Tua, right? Well, you know who has been talked about as a top five QB all year in college football? Justin Herbert. Yeah. And he's, he's thought of as, as a back, like a mid to late first round QB picked up. Oh, no. So, he's, he's, he's changed that narrative. He's completely changed that narrative since the Senior Bowl. Um, the Senior Bowl, the NFL Combine, um, and toward, since then, Justin Herbert right. is now being mocked as early. I'm seeing uh, Justin Herbert being mocked as early as five, right? He's being mocked as early oh. as five or even at three, right? Like, um, you, you can see him, you can see him being, being um, put there, but guess what? He's on my list of people who I think everybody's hyping, but I don't quite believe in. Yes. Yes. I No, I agree with that. I a hundred percent agree with that. I, I think, I think people are in love with him just because of his height and speed. I mean, he's six six; like he's a yeah. legit six six. Yeah, he is. Um, and so I understand that part. But I, one, and I'm I'm not trying to hold this against him, but when I see him, I see another Mariota. It's, it's hard for me to, to. I'm trying not to hold that against him. <laughs> but I'm trying not to. Same university, same type of quarterback, same conference. Because I'm sorry, the Pac-12 out of the Power Five is the worst conference in football for college football um like i, I can't i can't oh, okay who is the best team in the pac-12 like I, are we saying it's oregon is it, are we saying it's washington are we saying it's ucla usc like you utah had a better year than all of them this year um and so it's hard for me because I'm looking at these other guys. I would say like, I would say it's Oregon. Um, yeah, I would I would say it's Oregon. If I'm looking at it, Oregon, Stanford, every now and again, um, finds their way into competition. Um, USC definitely when they're when they're. I mean, no, it's it's been a long way since the Bush days, um, and I haven't seen them get back. <laughs> so no, I would say I would say the class, the consistent leader for me is is Oregon. Okay, so yeah, consistently Oregon, right? So my my pushback would be not on not on the Oregon because I'm agreeing with that. My pushback against quarterbacks coming out of that conference is when they see real talent, real speed. What's gonna happen? Because uh, even though we criticize, like, um, what is it, the Big Twelve, or Texas, Oklahoma? Um, that conference that just has a bunch of like scoring and stuff like that. The, the crazy thing is those, those guys tend to be successful still in the NFL. And 
honestly, the only person recently, I'm trying to think of a quarterback that's come out of the Pac-12 recently that's had a good career in the in the NFL. Um, Andrew Luck is probably the closest because he played for Stafford or Stanford, but when did he get drafted? I'd have to check back to see when he got drafted. But if we're talking recently, I can't really name someone recently that has had a good career. But if I'm looking at this draft right, this year's draft, we don't have a Joe Burrow coming out of the SEC. So Luck came in in 2011. Ooh, 2011. And we're nine years, man. Like, (laughs) Justin, so Justin Herbert at Oregon. I'm trying to think of the top quarterbacks for this draft. You got what? um, From SEC. Um, who am I missing? I'm, we're missing quarterbacks. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, Tua, SEC. Are you talking and this year? Another guy. Yeah, quarterbacks for this year. Oh, there's there's a ton, right? So, um, just in that first round, you're looking at um, you're looking at Burrow, you're looking at Tua, you're looking at Herbert, right? Um, you're also um looking at um uh, Ethan. So you know about Ethan. So, Jacob, oh yeah, Jacob Eason. Yeah, looking right. at Eason, the the guy who people are starting to look at a little bit more, um, that's kind of weird. He's six four, two hundred and twenty two pounds. Is Jordan Love, and I'm hearing a lot about him. Um, there's actually a bet right now between um, Todd McShay and Mel Kiper, and Todd McShay believes that Jordan Love will get drafted ahead of Justin Herbert, and they're betting five thousand dollars. They're betting five thousand dollars that'll go to a charity. You know what they're saying. But um, but that guy's out there. Um, uh, your guy from Easton, Easton. Um, those are it as far as the top guys are concerned. Those are it as far as top guys are concerned. Um, but those are those are quarterbacks coming out now. Two of those guys I have a lot of questions about, which you know, which you know. But um, you know, this is it's man. This is gonna be an interesting year. Um, and honestly, generally I'm looking, generally I look at the draft being the, their make or break for a lot of teams, but I think this might be the first year where I'm going, no, for free agency by far this year is changing things. Like, um, I talked about, um, you know, the NFC oh. South and their pass rush, the Falcons just lost Dick Beasley to the Titans. Yeah, but they didn't mind. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't mind that. I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind that at all. I didn't mind that at all. But but when I look at what it does, though, to the Titans, I mean, they're just showing up a already good defense. Yeah. Um, like, and I'm looking at, like, small things. Like, so, especially on the defensive end. Like, so Vic Beasley, he went to the Titans. Um, the Eagles are not going to pick up uh, Malcolm Jenkins' uh, option which is interesting to me. Um, Malik Collins, that uh, defensive tackle for the Cowboys, he went to the Raiders as well. So I'm like, yo, the Raiders are slowly grabbing people. Like, they're they're they're, they're going to be a bubble team to me. They're going to be a bubble team. They're, they're not going to be elite, but they're going to be a bubble team to me. Um, obviously, we talked about Phillip Rivers, but uh, the offensive tackle for the Packers, uh, Beluga, he went to the Chargers. So I'm like, yo, Tom Brady, I know you're looking at the Bucks, but the Chargers, they're showing up the offensive line that 
and has weapons? That's that's tough for me. I guess what I want to know is what makes Tampa more attractive than than the Chargers outside of Patrick Mahomes in that conference. Say it one more time. My my question is, if you're Tom Brady and you're looking at the Buccaneers and you're looking at the uh, Chargers, what makes the Buccaneers more attractive than the Chargers outside of the fact that you won't have to see Patrick Mahomes twice a year? Proximity. Um, for one, proximity to your family. So I'm hearing that his family is mostly in New York. Those are the personal reasons. And um, he'll be only a two-hour flight away. And so that's one. Um, weather. <laughs> so um, weather be um, good for him. But, but weather be good in, in L.A. too. So that's not really a thing. I think it'll be better in L.A., honestly. It could be, if yeah. about Florida and the hurricanes, You're right. I'm thinking it's, I think it's better. It, it could it could be better, um, and then you're just looking at the for for them you're looking at possibly the possibility of an easier route and maybe an easier route maybe not going through um, all those young quarterbacks is maybe that's not the move maybe I meet them when I get there right but maybe for now I go through the you know guys my age you know what I mean maybe it's the difference between competing in the forty plus league versus. <laughs> Versus the A-League. Um, because think about it, right? He's going to have to go through. Um, I think it's an easier route to have to go through um, Drew Brees possibly as opposed to going through Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, that could be it. Um, outside of that, there's, outside of that, maybe it's the coaching staff. Maybe it's Bruce Arians. And de- knowing him and being able to work with him a lot better than, than you know, um, having to do that with the Chargers. Maybe that's it. There's a few different reasons for you know for a move like that. That no, that's fair. That, that's fair. How did how did you feel about the whole cowboy signing Amari Cooper and then tagging Dak Prescott? I understand it. If we're gonna have contract negotiation issues, I have to keep Coop. I know I know what it's like when I don't have a number one wide receiver. I know that. Now, I also know that I have a way to keep you without having to negotiate with you, right? But with Amari Cooper, I want to make sure that I keep that guy. Like, I have to keep him because even Dak, Dak is better when Cooper's around. It's just straight up. Dak is better when he has Zeke secure. Zeke is better when he's secure. Coop um, is better. Like, Cooper shows if you have faith in him. He'll reward that faith in him. He did when they traded that first-round pick for him. He came in and rewarded that faith. He's going to reward your faith if you give it to him. And so, so Coop, having him secure is good. I have a way. I probably can't negotiate with Dak the way I want to. We have if we have differences on how you know he's, he views himself and how I view him. I have another year to look at this if I put the tag on him. I'm going to go ahead and put the tag on him. Now, um, and I'm going to do an exclusive right situation to where nobody else can negotiate with him. That's my guy. Right? And it's this year. So let's say this doesn't pan out. And let's say I can't get a, ne- a deal negotiated. Okay. And let's say you, you show me on the field that you're not worth the $40 million you may want. Or you may, you may not be worth the guaranteed money you want. Right? Cool. I get a chance to see that for one more year and evaluate it as opposed to making me have to do that right now. 
And that, that whole situation is tough for me. Um, it's tough because I absolutely agree with the fact that you've seen your team put out our number one receiver. Like, we saw it. Um, we saw that he, he struggled uh, without a number one receive, uh, receiver and a aging Jason Witten. Um, we saw it. But there's a part of me that... There's a part of me that goes, one, his coaching situation, Dak's coaching situation was not the best. Um, like, personally, I think Dak should be doing the option a lot more. Um, like, people do not want to tackle Dak in open field. Like, I've, I've just seen it too many times. Um, two. Do you want to have him running as much? You look at it, You look at what happened to Cam Newton, and yeah, it was really cool, and yeah, it was great, but now he can't get his shoulder right. Well, my my thing with the the difference between him and, and Cam though is Cam it took Cam a minute to learn how to slide. Okay. Um, okay. Like Dak actually tries to protect himself. Like Dak will run out of bounds. Like he doesn't feel like he has to run over someone every single play. Salute to that. Um, and, and so in, in that in that way, I'd go like, well, I'm not as concerned with Dak. Two, Dak's offensive line is way better. Um, like in most cases, when he's going forward, he's already got. Five, like a five-yard head start. When they're healthy, um, when they're healthy, um, they're you know one of the top lines, right? But they've been suffering right. through injuries as well, and we saw that. You know, you know about that as a Falcons fan. You remember when um, was it Claiborne? Um, mm-hmm. just went yep. nuts. We had twelve sacks in one game or something. <laughs> it, was ridic- it, was ridic- it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And Claiborne is not that good. He's uh, not like, that good, uh, bro. But he <laughs> he went ham that game. And I'm just like, yeah, what what is going on? But but to be honest, like the thing that catches my attention the most when I when I think about this Dallas situation is they paid people that they didn't have to pay. Like Jalen Smith is a good linebacker, but they didn't have to pay him that much, especially considering I think the only thing that's helped them uh, that doesn't make them look as bad giving him that contract is the fact that Vander Ash has been injury prone this year. Um, yeah. So now they don't have to worry about paying him top dollar because they could just go, well, you've been injury prone. Um, but I felt like they could have been paid Dak. Um, and I think Dak is asking for as much as he's asking. Granted, we don't know what that price point is. But I feel like he's asking for as much as because, one, they waited to pay him. Two, he saw how much golf and Wentz got paid. And, and he's, he's better thinking, than golf. Well, right. He's definitely better than golf. And he's and you could say he's at least accomplished more than Wentz because Wentz hasn't been able to play. Um, so individually, you could say, well, like if I'm Dak, I could be like, well, I've won the division and I've won a playoff game. Wentz can say, well, I have a Super Bowl, but you can't say, well, I I've won us that Super Bowl. Um, the so it, it's weird. Like I I feel like he should have been paid. Um, if anything, if if they expected a discount from someone. They could have looked at Zeke and been like, Zeke, you've been in trouble since you've been here. <laughs> they could have been like, yo, like, yes, you produce, but Dak doesn't have any off-the-field issues. Yeah, but think about you that. Think about that. Because Zeke, Zeke held out. So, and that's the thing That's the thing Dak hasn't done yet. And, and I, honestly, we don't know who's going to hold it now and who's not going to hold out. But um, last year, Zeke actually put their feet to the fire. That's true. But I think they they should have played they should have played at least a game or two without him. 
just to make a point. Just to see? <laughs> yeah. They, they should have because, I think they should have because in uh, the way the NFL is, I think you could win games without a running back. I really do. Um, I, I think you can, at least you can, you can get a veteran who's just looking to get paid and just have a job to fulfill that while you win games. I don't think Dallas can. I don't think Dallas can. The way they were constructed last year. Yeah, I don't think the way they were the way they were constructed last year and the way so much of the offense ran through Zeke. I don't think they could win without Zeke. Uh, well, no. I, well, when I say that, I mean this year. Like, if I told you at the start of the season, okay, you're not going to have Zeke, but you're going to have Amari Cooper. Uh, Amari Cooper Gallup is going to have a, a, a better year than he had last year, and you're going to add Randall Cobb. Oh, by the way that the Eagles are going to be injury-prone at every position. <laughs> and, the Redskins, and the Redskins are going to still be the Redskins. The Giants are still going to be the Giants. Do you think you can still win that division? Yes, I can. <laughs> yeah, so I, that's, that's the part where I'm like, I think they should at least play a game or two without them. Because if you know... If you know Ezekiel Elliott is a competitor, you know by game two he's going to be like, I want this money, but bro, I'm trying to get on the field. Like, I'm hey. trying to play with my guys. You know what? So, if you remember where we were, okay, I'm going to bring you back because I don't know if you remember. what We we were fresh off of Melvin Gordon basically um, chilling. Not Melvin Gordon, Le- Le'Veon Bell basically right. sitting the entire season. And when he said he wasn't uh-huh. coming back, he really didn't come back. And that's kind of uh-huh. where we were. And we, we were fresh off of that and seeing that for the first time, right? Seeing Melvin Gordon yeah, basically saying, hey, I saw that. Um, and he got his money eventually, so I'm going to do the same. And then seeing Zeke uh-huh. kind of follow suit. So there was yeah, no, you know what I mean? Like back then, it, we didn't know that, you know, they, those guys would come back. They may pull a Le'Veon Bell which we thought was insane because he was jeopardizing his entire future. Plus, that team was almost Super Bowl ready. And so he said, forget being Super Bowl ready. Forget that. I want my money. Yeah. I, man, it's, it's, it's weird. Because like, remember when I said I, I feel like the, the coaching situation wasn't the best? I think the coach, and, and this is how like Doug and I know on that point, I think the coaching situation compromised Dak and Zeke. And... This is what I mean by that. Because they, because they waited to pay Dak, they felt like, uh, you know when it's a contract year, if you're a quarterback, you're trying to get your stats to prove why you deserve that money. Mm. So he had almost five almost 5,000 yards passing this year. But the times where they were supposed to run the football, they didn't run the football. So you compromised two players, right? You hurt yourself with, with Dak because you ain't paid him. But you hurt yourself with Zeke because Zeke, he didn't look like he was in shape this year. Like he didn't look like himself this year. Um, part of that is you got a fourth and one. You're not running the football with him. You got third and two. You're not running the football with him. And even with injuries to your offensive line, I have Zeke that I just paid all that money to. I'm running the football. Um, and, and so I just feel like that that coaching situation hurt them in multiple ways. Um, but I, I definitely agree with you in the fact that. Uh, Considering the situation what had just happened with Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon, I do believe that that probably did have something to do with it. It's just tough for me because I'm, I'm looking at who you paid, and the Demarcus Lawrence just he got paid and didn't even show up. Mm. Like yeah, I'm just gonna yeah. I'm gonna call that how it is. Like, he got he outshined by up. Robert Quinn a lot. 
Right. And, and if he was hurt, that's one thing. Bro, you played almost every game. And he was lights out the year before. Right. Like, unstoppable. Unstoppable. Like, unstoppable the year before. Um, it, it just... <sighs> it, it's tough, man. It, it's tough. I, I think they'll come to an agreement. Um, but I don't know what happens from here. I mean, obviously they paid Amari, which is why uh, Cobb had to leave, because they got to cut somebody. Um, and then Jason Witten's gone. Blake Drawin left. No, no, no. They signed him to a, a three-year deal, three-year, three-year, four-year deal. Um, that kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, I didn't, I didn't think they'd give him that much. Um, but they, they locked him up, and we'll see what happens with the Cowboys because uh, they're going to need to figure out now. Like, who's their coach, Mike McCarthy? Yep, Mike um, McCarthy. Which means their defensive scheme is going to look completely different because there's Chris or is uh, Bruce Hard. Is he still their defensive coordinator? Hold on, let me see. Who's the the defensive coordinator for Cowboys? Because they were running that Seattle system on defense, and now I I don't know what's gonna I don't know what's gonna happen with that team. I have, I have no clue what's gonna happen. People, people trying. It's to Rob, it's Rob Marinelli, Marinelli, and he's been their defense coordinator for a while. He's good. Oh, hold okay. up, hold up, okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. Des Bryant is trending right now. Uh oh, you know um, he's going back. We know it. I mean, he would love to go back, right? He he can't wait to you get know, back that's there. The only, that's the only place he want to go. Can't we wait to get know, back that's to the daddy. Only place he want to go. <laughs> Can't wait to get back to Daddy. Um, I don't know why he's trending right now. We'll see. Um, that's that's weird. He's trending right now. Uh, Robert Quinn is trending right now. Byron Jones is trending right now. Um, that's all weird. Yeah, Robert Quinn. Yeah, Robert Quinn. But you know, Robert Quinn signed with the um Chicago Bears. Mm, Him and Khalil nice. Mack is about to be stupid. That's nice. That's, That's nice, about nice. to be Ooh. dumb. And they, well, man, what makes them tough for me isn't just because they have their secondary is legit nice. Eddie Jackson at safety, like they, I like him. Mm, I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, Chicago, man. So, what conference they're? They're in the NFC North. Yeah. So Green Bay, um, the Vikings. Vikings. Bears. Oh, Lions. I'm sorry. In the Lions. Yep. Uh, so they're. I mean, so they're gonna just. They're basically gonna have to just beat out the Packers. They're gonna have um, to figure out the quarterback situation, and um, and honestly, a a smart quarterback could be the answer. Allen Robertson is there. They have him. Um, they they could figure out a way. If they could figure it out on offense, right? They they could be good. Um, but I'm going to look, I'm going to quickly, I'm going to do two things and then we're going to head out. Um, I'm going to talk, I'm going to tell you the other people in the first round that I don't super believe in yet. Go for it. Um, and then after that, I'm going to ask you a specific question about the Falcons. Okay. All right. So, um, going down, um, there's a lot of hype about Isaiah Simmons. I do believe that. I do believe in, in mm-hmm. his versatility and his speed and stuff like that. I believe in him. Um, Justin Herbert, we talked about, you know, why I, I, you said why you don't believe in him. I really don't believe in him. Um, not because he looks like Marcus Mariota and kind of has that vibe. Um, 
the the thing that makes me not super believe in him is the Ryan Leaf thing, and I and I know I'm taking it way back, but it's just the fact that um he's considered a quiet guy and not a vocal leader, and he kind of isolates himself away from the team. And at the college level, that can work because you're the most talented guy in the room. At the NFL level, you're gonna have to find a way to endear yourself to your team and then lead them, and and that's a skill, and and I feel like. Um, I, we've seen guys not do that in the past. Guys who had to kind of develop that. Um, Robert Griffin comes to mind initially with all the talent in the world, right? But just not the ability uh-huh. to to um, galvanize guys and get them to come behind you. And so um, I would all like right. to hear from his teammates who tell me about his style of leadership and how will he lead, and, and when will we see him um, do that? So that's that's my thing about him. Um, that I don't that I'm I don't quite believe in just yet. So it's not the talent; it's just the personality that that bothers me a little bit. Um, um, K. Levon Chason, um, LSU edge uh, rusher. A lot of guys are looking at him, and they're talking about him in the first round. I've seen him time and time again not show up for the LSU Tigers when they needed him. Um, and he did show up towards the end of the year when people started to really doubt that defense. That's when he st- kind of showed up. But he went quiet a lot of games, and that quietness bothers me. Just like you talked about with Chase Young, um, his quietness bothered me a lot. So I'm I'm a little not sold on him. Christian Fulton, um, he's a cornerback at LSU. He also bothered me because I've seen him get roasted. I've seen him get toast toasted a lot. And um and if you can get toasted at the college level, you can get done done in the NFL. And so um that that bothers me a little bit. Um I'm not super sold on him. Um Henry Ruggs, I like the fact that he's ridiculously fast. I like the fact that he can contribute on multiple teams. I'm not certain um that he's going to be the type of receiver that we talk about for years to come. He's a fast receiver, yes. Um he's very fast and he's explosive and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I don't know if if he's gonna be what people think he may be a little bit. Um, is a McCole Hardman maybe in his first year and then later on a Tariq Hill? I'm just not sure that we're gonna get that type of explosiveness or that type of impact. I'm just gonna say impact from Henry Ruggs. Um, so I'm not I'm not super sold on him. Um, I'm I'm sold on J.K. Dobbins for real for real. Um, and I'm not sold on. One guy who everybody talks about, but nobody's really talking about. It's been a little while since we have talked about him, but Jalen Hurts. I'm definitely, and he he showed himself well. You know Jalen Hurts. He he did well um, in his last year at Oklahoma. He also did well at the Senior Bowl a little bit. Um, he looked great at the Combine. Well, I'm sorry, not the Senior Bowl, but the Combine. He looked great at the Combine. And he looks like somebody who you should pay attention to, right? Um... I'm just not so yet, bro. His lack of accuracy bothers me a lot, and so yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sold on him. I'm not sold on him as a. I'm so. So I'll say I'm sold on him as a leader. Yes, but not yes. as a. But not as an NFL prospect. Right. Right, and I'm with you 100 yeah. percent there. All right, so tell me this, bro. Last thing, you guys get rid of um, key pieces. You get rid of key pieces at running back. You get rid of key pieces at cornerback, right? Um, right. How, how have you been dealing with that? You get rid of two um, font, right? And and then then you lose my guy at running back. Um, that's tough. Devontae Freeman. That's tough. Devontae Freeman, man. That's uh, tough. 
we cut um, Desmond Trufant. Yeah. So, uh, we lost Austin Hooper at tight end. Yes. Um, you know, it, it's uh, we lost the uh, offensive tackle, I believe, to the Redskins. Uh, it, it's so it, it feels <laughs> it, it feels like we're we're just like cleaning house, uh, to be honest. But um, I think. Um, I think that these cuts are actually going to make way for other players that I've always felt were better. Um, for example, like I was actually upset when we lost Tevin Coleman um, because, one, he's not as injury-prone generally uh, than Devontae Freeman has become the past few years with concussions. Um, also, Austin Hooper, I thought, was a good receiver, like a good receiving tight end. Uh, but he didn't always commit himself, like, in the run game. So um, we did grab um, Hurst from the Ravens, which I'm actually excited about because he's a, a big body tight end who can run in, uh, who can block and uh, catch. So I'm excited about that. Um, receiving core, I'm, I'm fine with. We, I mean, we got Julio and Calvin Ridley. You know, like, I'm I'm good. I'm good there. The running back position, um I want to see what we do in the draft. I, I honestly, I gotta watch what we do in the draft. Um, we have we have pieces. Tack McKinley, he's gonna take um, Big Beasley's spot, so I'm actually really excited about that. He, he's got a higher motor than Vic does. He's bigger, uh, faster in a lot of ways. Yeah, so, yeah, he's, he's, he's faster. Uh, but my biggest thing is he's got a higher IQ. There are too many times where Vic Beasley would just do something, and I'm just like. Come on, <laughs> like uh, just, just, just too many times where he would try and rush. You know, the the offensive lineman pushing back, and then he just wouldn't keep attacking the football. And I'm just like, oh man, this is this is not good. Like I, I don't, I, I'm not good with this. So um, it, it feels like a restart. Honestly, it, it feels like a complete reboot. Um, we have pieces on both sides of the ball on defense. We we still have a really good middle linebacker uh, in Jones. So I mean I'm excited about that. We still have a really good safety, uh, baby baby Cam Chancellor back there. So um, I'm I'm good there. It's just a matter of fact. It's a, the thing is I, I'm I'm trying to pay attention. I'm trying to watch what this front office is doing because this is a big year for Dan Quinn as a coach, um, and I think he's going to be on the hot seat this year. So I think he's he's basically just going well. I'm going to be on the hot seat. I might as well just go all in and, and figure out, hey, who am I going to get? So, um, and then we obviously we traded some new to the Patriots last year. So I kind of had already figured, all right, there's there's going to be some changes going on. And Matt Ryan's all over Twitter saying, oh, I, I'm going to miss Austin Hooper, I'm going to miss Devontae, I'm going to miss Dez, I'm going to miss Dick. I'm like, uh oh. So if this is happening, they already told Matt this was going to happen. <laughs> um, you know he's 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 in the know. He he knows what's happening. Plus he's getting paid. Him and Julio are both getting paid, so they're not they ain't worried about nothing. Um, I don't know, man. This is tough, especially if it's true that Brady comes to the NFC South. Uh, it's just gonna look, ugh, it's just gonna be rough, man. I mean, granted, I'm gonna be watching every NFC South game. I know that for sure. Um, Brady comes to the NFC South. I'm gonna be watching just about every NFC South game because then every game really will matter like every single one so uh it's exciting but i, I gotta see i gotta see what, what we do in the draft and free agency by no means is over i mean with all these cuts happening it, it is it is not over so we'll see what happens man 
Awesome, man. Yo, thank you so much for joining us, bro. I, I truly appreciate it, man. Tell us about how um, many new new music you got out. Oh man, like so, I, I've been uh, I'm I'm excited. Uh, I got, I'm gonna have some really good music news. I, I guess I can let y'all know now. Um, so I, I got a single that's gonna be coming out. It's gonna be on all digital platforms, you know, Spotify, Google Play, Tidal, all those places. So definitely be on the lookout. Um, you guys can follow me anywhere. It's Mike Sars S A R G E um, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those great places. But uh, be on the lookout for new music soon. Yo, and what's what's up with the soul sessions? When when did when did that start, and why'd you start it? Oh man, soul sessions. Um, so man, honestly, uh, so I like to do something every week. Uh, just honestly, just for my supporters. So um, I will either do a freestyle, which is uh, my sixteen salute series, or I will do salt sessions. Um, where salt sessions is how I feel about a situation that initially happened. So if people, people have been talking about the coronavirus and they've either been overreacting or not reacting enough. So, um, oh, like salt sessions is basically like my first take to a situation. And it's me, um, explaining how I feel just not, you know, verbally I'm doing it through music. So I literally will see what people are talking about. And then I'll make a beat, um, and then I will, sometimes I'll just leave it, you know, leave the beat there, or, you know, in this last case, I will uh, make a little verse, or I'll make a little chorus to it, and then I'll, I'll post it. And then the cool part about it is people get to comment, share it, and uh, let me know what the next topic should be about. So um, it just becomes something, like, really, really fun, and uh, I can't wait to release another one this week. Awesome, love it. Yo, thank you so much, man. My boy Mike Sarge is here with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Look, if you're listening to this and you're you're on um, either Spotify or you're on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review. It super helps people to find us and it helps us a ton um, to get placements and things like that. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, share it with a friend. Tell somebody. And go to our YouTube channel and subscribe today. Go to our YouTube channel and check us out. Um, and when you subscribe, go ahead and DM us the proof when you do that you're going to be entered into a contest to win free gear from mtmv sports so we thank you we love you god bless you and we will talk to you soon have a good one we out i don't do the most but i do a lot i'ma make a toast because we still alive no big i feel like pop i shoot a shot i'm coming in hot. 